welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. Hello, hello. And, uh, you know what? I hadn't mentioned this beforehand, but uh, I just edited the episode with our good friend Michael Jones, uh, which you listeners at home would have seen two weeks ago now. And there was something in that that I wanted to di- dive deeper into. Really? And do a bit of a, pi- a pitch on. So, just, just to let the audience in behind the scenes, Ben is literally springing this on me right this second. <laughs> yeah, I, we haven't we haven't discussed this previously. So, we had a lot of fun on that episode talking about our horror train game, which we did about 20 minutes on, I think, at the end of that episode. But one of the things we talked about was the interaction between the dead players and the live players and some of the fun ways that that could play out. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned, like, that could be a whole game in itself. Well, I thought that it <laughs> could be a whole game in itself and that maybe it'd be fun to uh, have a bit of a discussion around the possibilities of a game where you've essentially got dead players and living players, mm-hmm. even maybe from the beginning, uh, and and have some sort of fun around their abilities or the ways they can see each other and communicate. So, first question is, is it competitive multiplayer? And Maybe. If so, is it one of those uh, sort of push and pull sort of sort of games where if you as a dead person, you happen to kill a living person, they join your team? And if the living people happen oh. to resurrect the- Mm-hmm. Like a dead person. That could be cool because I love the idea of having- of being the one living person left on your team and just knowing that there's probably like- seven ghosts surrounding you right now waiting for whatever opportunity they have to to you know as we'll discuss here you know what they might be able to do um so yeah i was thinking that the dead probably need some way to appear to the living Mm -hmm. uh but it should probably be like a limited sort of thing and then i guess the living maybe I don't know if it's a class-based thing or something, like maybe they have medium powers where they can, for a limited time, see where the dead are or get an outline of them or something. But, yeah, and then and then other things like, can the living only see the dead in reflections or, you know, in their periphery or something, like some <laughs> sort of play around with those tropes a bit. They become more <laughs> opaque the further away from the centre of the- um- Center of the view. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so if you're looking directly at them, you may not even see them, but if you, as you turn away, <laughs> they'll become more uh, more visible. And you look back, it's like, oh, fuck, what was that? <laughs> they might have moved. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what the gameplay itself is, you know. If, if it is, as you said, a competitive multiplayer sort of thing, uh, I mean, it could even be almost like a little bit of a, a capture the flag kind of deal, or, 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 like, territory control where- Well, okay, so I'm picturing sort of a house, a smallish house, mm-hmm. and there are three, you know, if we go with the standard to sort of territory control, three key rooms, and you start hearing- You start seeing the lights flicker and things falling off the shelves and things- And, like, cupboard doors banging in, you know, the kitchen- and you know, oh, they're trying to take the kitchen. The ghosts are trying to take the kitchen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so maybe the living in that situation have to like they can go in there and whether just being there stops them from taking it, or if there's a way to banish them if they're there, or like, you know, again if it's class based, you've got like maybe the medium character which exposes the ghosts to to everyone for a limited time, and then there's actually like a uh uh, a way for the players to kill them or banish them or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then they're taking it. And and that's like, oh, we're filling it up with incense and sage and- <laughs> Okay, so what what know, are the ghosts- Salt circle. What are the ghost weapons? Let, let's, let's put aside the whole push and pull of the, um, of the, um, ghost trying to kill the, kill the, um, living people and turn them to their side. 
um, and yep. the other and the other way, of course. Um, let's just have it that it's a like a three v three sort of thing where you got three ghosts, three okay. ghost hunters. Um, yep. So the ghost hunters, we we kind of know what their what their weapons are going to be, and it's it's pretty much Proton salt, um, <laughs> salt, holy water, like crucifixes and flashlights. You know, they're they're the sort of yeah. typical things. Well, yeah, have. I mean. Those are the typical, yeah, there's sort of, there is the religious exorcist kind of angle. Uh, yeah, there's, uh, sort of the, uh, Alan Wake sort of thing with the flashlight, maybe like exposing them in that way. Um, yeah, there's obviously the more ghostbustery com- comedic, literally attacking them with <laughs> techno babble weapons. But yes, whatever it is you're saying that you can, is, uh, are you saying let's break it down to more of just a, almost a 3v3 deathmatch, but where the challenge is like, one team literally can't see the other. <laughs> well, I, I think, yeah, what what the um, the ghost can only kill when they get one alone, basically. Okay. And it's it's sort of, uh, I think it's on, on the sort of thing that you can have one ghost kill one person, that's fine. And saying, you know, you you can also have, you know, one- one sort of um, human be able to kill one ghost and, and or at least vanquish them in some way or or trap them in a room, basically, and, like, yeah. put salt in front of the door and they've trapped that. Bind them or something, yeah. yeah. Do some sort of binding ritual. So, you you never get to the point where, you know, you have a 1v1 and they can't actually win. You know, there's al- it's always got to be sort of possible. But almost in a 1v1, the ghosts are, are actually- they're the side that you, you're going to want to be in in a 1v1 because they're a little bit well, stronger yeah. in, in that. So, so that is where I'm finding it challenging is how do you balance it up that the ghosts aren't just completely overpowered, right? Because if they can, like, travel through walls and they can't be seen, how do you balance that up from the other side? And, yeah, salt barriers. Uh, I, th- I think they can't travel through walls. Okay. I think they can only travel, you know, through normal things. But if, if there's a breeze or, you know, they can turn on a fan and they can get, um, they can actually blow the salt, you know, apart and break the salt line, basically. <laughs> um, you know, there's ways for yeah. them to actually, you know, not be stuck in a room for the rest of the game sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, that could almost be a recharge, like on a recharge or maybe each, again, maybe you do a sort of a class-based thing. Um, maybe this is a bit more overwatchy where, all right, I'm going to go, you know, the, the Reaper and the Reaper has the ability to, yeah, like kill a person when they're alone in a room. Yeah. Single but, touch. Know, someone else is going to go <laughs> the, the Spectre and they've got the ability to like push or like do a blast of, of air or, or like push something or whatever, like make some sort of movement, you know? And, and so maybe some of those ghosts do have a move where it's like, oh, okay. If, if, if it's reach you know, if the cooldowns finish, I can go through a single wall essentially as a traversal move. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be a way to get around a salt barrier or to, um, you know, obviously sneak up on someone or something like that. So what I think around like ghosts attacking, they're, kind of on a charge sort of thing. So, if when yeah. they're in a room and they've got someone alone, they can start building up the charge by holding down a button or whatever. And as they do that, shit starts happening in the room so that someone yeah. gets, gets let known that, yeah. okay, something's here. I like that. I like that. I like the idea then. So, I think what you need to do, the challenge again is how do we- fo- What's the reason that the um, the humans- need to be alone, right? There has to be a reason for them to be alone. It could just be, well, we need to secure every room in this house and it's faster if we split up, right? Or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, there is a a risk-reward ratio there. Um, Well, it could be a simple thing of three people are in the room with you. You're not doing anything. As two of them leave, you slam the door shut and you you basically- You have a- The ghost has a power in which they can basically- Psychically lock the lock the door, and yeah, you yeah. know, if they happen to trap the the last person, sort of in that room, yeah, then they're in there alone. And I like that idea actually because I, I love the thought of yeah, like <laughs> it's always going to be risky when you're left alone. You 
So you're sitting there going, oh, shit, okay, I'm going to be in here alone. Is there anyone else in here? They leave. It's just like slam. And then slowly the lights start flickering and stuff starts moving. It's like, oh, shit, there's a ghost in here. And, and you start looking uh, at all the stuff that you've actually got. And it's like, oh, shit, I've, I've only got like one vial of holy water. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, you might survive if- Because I like the idea actually as well that, yeah, as they- as the charge builds on that ghost, they start becoming more visible, more corporeal, and hence attackable. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, they've got sort of traversal moves and they've got different things they can do. Mm. Um, so, the final, like, the final ghost, they they get an extra power in which, if, if it's, say, a 1v1 situation- Hmm. Um, they kind of go into rage mode sort of thing and they become permanently visible, I think, to make it actually fair for both players. Mm, but okay. if, they're, if they're the last one, they they can, like, they can choose to go into that rage mode if they if they want to. But it's just when, when they sort of get the, um, get that final 1v1, I think the rage mode gets fully, um, fully activated so that, you know, the humans actually have a chance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you'd- Look, there's just a lot of balance that would have to be done there. Uh, but I could definitely see that being cool. I like, I like the idea of them that, yes, they're visible the whole time, but also now they can just, like, travel through walls a lot more or their cooldowns are, are like, way shorter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, obviously, yeah, without overpowering them, but I'm just picturing, you know, the one- The one soul human sitting there with the crucifix out- and it's like, oh, shit, they went through that wall. All right, they're probably over there. But then, you know, they've, they've managed to circle around and come up behind. And it's like, oh, crap, throw the holy water. You know, got some splash damage. You see, like, smoke coming off the fucking ghost. And mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. Also, all the ghosts need to be in the, in the like, semi-practical style of the original Ghostbusters. Mm. <laughs> where they're, like- They can interact with the environment and- well, no, and I just, I just mean the visuals of them. There's sort of that, uh, that feeling of they, they seem real, like stop motion ish, yep. you know? Um, they, they seem like they, you could touch them, but they've got that glow and that, that, so uh, when they go through walls, do they leave ectoplasm behind? Cause I think that would be kind of cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a way that you could, that you could track them and, yep. and such as well. Uh, and, and have some, yeah, like, it stays there for a limited amount of time, but you, you've got some sense, oh, shit, there's ectoplasm on this wall, and there's no ectoplasm in this room, <laughs> so they're probably still in here. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's- I don't know. I just- I wanted to explore that a bit more. That's- I feel like there's really a lot of opportunity there for some fun asymmetrical gameplay. Yeah. Oh, let's jump into some Click Pitch. So, Click Pitch is a game- where we play a ramped up version where we each have an adjective and a noun on the count of three, two, one discord. We, um, click enter into a discord bot and we get a couple of words and we throw them at each other. We come up with a game design like what we just did. And then when it doesn't work, we throw it away and do it all over again. You know, the drill three, two, one. Click. Yeah. Let's do it. Advisory figuring. Biased provision. Okay. Advisory and biased makes me think of, you know, some sort of ruling body or some sort of, oh, you know, advisory board, yep. obviously. Something who who has control over, you know, someone else, but they're obviously- They have a an ulterior, ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, maybe- And then provisions makes me think of some sort of expedition, right? Mm-hmm. So, is this a situation where you've got, like, a group of people who are effectively deciding what sort of provisions this expedition gets? Yep. But they have a they have a reason, they have a bias there for either, you know, maybe not giving them enough provisions or something, like, not wanting them to succeed in whatever yep. this is. Okay. So, I'm liking where you're coming from. And I'm going to chuck a little wrinkle in because of something that's in my brain right now. Perfect. They're investigating aliens Mm -hmm. on Earth. 
Okay. So they're, they're basically investigating encounters. And yep. so they're trying to go out there. They're trying to recover, like, from a, from a crash or they're trying to recover evidence from a, um, you know, from someone who says that they've been abducted. And in all these cases, yep. they're sort of finding stuff, but the advisory board is also not wanting them to find too much because it turns out that they're right. kind of like, um, they have aliens on the board. Well, it's, it's either that or the whole thing is that this is all of that covering up the, um, the alien encounters and, you know, mm-hmm. sending in a cleaning team after you investigate it sort of thing. So why are they letting you investigate? Because- Is it like a bipartisanship thing? Yeah, this is, this is one of these things of you're just, you're writing a report and you send it back and you find out all this stuff. And then, you know, you don't think about that again. But I think you get the feeling that when you go back to see this person, then they go, no, no one's lived in this farmhouse for for years. Like, <laughs> it's one of these things where they've literally sent a clean-out crew and they've they've cleaned it cleaned them from, from the timeline sort of thing. Not necessarily from like, the timeline, but, you know. Like, Men in Black style, like, remove their memories. Yeah. yeah. There's just something about, like, a story like that and involving aliens. No, no, is- I- I like I like that I like that I'm trying to, I'm trying to think then how we turn that into because I like some of so so originally when you said that and because of expedition my mind went to um, a survival sort of thing almost like it's like XCOM like because this is very oh, yeah. XCOM esque right where you've got the advisory sort of team and you're going out XCOM is where where my head went except it's on the kind of more shady side. <laughs> Well, yeah, and I, and I didn't want to just do XCOM, so I don't think it's combat focused, and so that's why my mind kind of went no, to no, it's it's all investigation pro, it's all investigations and finding evidence and and basically in each in each thing that you go to, there's there's a way of finding out the evidence that you need to to basically say that this is either yes aliens or no aliens, like right, right, okay, because there's going to be some people who you know, think that they saw something, but really they've got, you know, blackout drunk and that's about where that, where that yeah, ended. Yeah, yeah. So, how do, how do you think those- Because in, investigation is always tricky in uh, in video games, right? As we know, uh, it's very hard for one to do any sort of procedural investigation, I think. So, uh, it probably needs to be, you know, uh, handwritten- uh, which is fine if that's what we're doing. Uh, what's the what's the gameplay of this investigation? Then are you is it uh, dialogue based as you go in and talk to people? Is it you know? Um, I think there's some sort of dialogue-y stuff, but there's also sort of like uh, no, I kind of like the um the way the Arkham games did the um did the investigation when you when you actually sort of come across like a blood splatter or or you know a weird mm-hmm. shape in the field, then you. You kind of go into investigation mode. You found the um, you found the scene, and now you're looking for the couple of bits of evidence around, so you can sort of follow. Yeah, some okay. clues so it's sort point. of a yeah, it becomes it comes kind of a connected dot situation yeah. where it's just this leads to that, leads to that, and you get a bit of exposition and backstory. That's fine. Uh, I do like that actually because of the ability then to just have fun high tech toys that you you know that you get to play with as part of this this investigation mm-hmm. team uh, for like. You know, maybe you have to do some, you know, signal uh, clean up to remove this the noise from the signal or whatever, and 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 then that leads you to you know a piece of technology that got left behind. You're like, oh yeah, this is definitely alien technology or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, the other thing that you, you make me think of is a is a sort of a papers please esque thing where you're talking about like the reports coming in and stuff and sending off the reports and and. I feel like there could be some interesting stuff there, even if it's just from a narrative point of view of, you know, maybe just one of these things where it's like, okay, at the end of each investigation, you've got a a section where you're on your laptop and you send off the report and you've got some emails to check through and, you know, you can like search the database or something like, you know, you've got different things you can do, or maybe it's even part of the research. That you can maybe connect the the dots a little bit. Yeah, but that gives you the opportunity or gives us the opportunity as the designers then to uh, to make it clear that some shit's shady. And, you know, after you've, you know, you've on to your sixth investigation 
uh, and you go back and you notice that, the, that, wait a sec, there's only four in my investigation history and the one where it was like 100% definitely aliens has disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, maybe you can do something about that uh, and get some real- some real thrilling bureaucracy in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, you, when you're doing, like, your investigations and stuff, you can actually almost set it to the point where um, in the final report, you only include certain bits of information. You keep some parts to yourself. Like, you can you can actually mm. start choosing to go down, you know, are you the company man or, or are you sort of against, like, this this cleaning that seems to be going on? I like the idea then that there's like a whistleblower who's talking to you essentially as well uh, from within this advisory board. And and, you, and so, you're sort of choosing who your allegiance is yeah. to. Yeah. Do you follow along as a company man and just ignore the weird shit that's going on? Or do you bring it up with, with this other shady figure who is, you know, has knowledge they shouldn't know about? And it could even be that it's like- you left this out of the report, but this person has that knowledge. And so, you know that somehow they've got other methods of- of finding this stuff out. Or you put something fake in the report. You know, like, you could even fake- You, know, you could have some stuff in there where- And maybe this is once you go down that whistleblower route. Um, yeah, you start faking stuff in the reports and seeing the outcome of that. Yeah. I, I always love those tales of morality sort of thing where you get to choose, you know, either the good or the bad side. But in this, it's a little bit more- um, open, like it's not just so bad. That- yeah, look, it's well, it's it's not just on a morality scale necessarily, because you know, depending on how much information you've got, like yes, we're saying okay, the the advisory board is shady, but you know, maybe they are the fucking men in black, and maybe they're doing it for you know to save the universe or whatever. Uh, and it comes down, it comes down to this thing. I mean. Recently, I've been watching all the Star Wars films with my son. Um, we just got yep. through Last Jedi on the weekend. And I was thinking yep. about Holdo never tells Poe Dameron all, all the stuff that's going on because it's on a need-to-know basis. Like, yeah. when, when you're in the company and when, when you're in the army and all this sort of stuff, there's this, sometimes you're going to be given orders and they're shitty and sometimes you've got to follow them. Yeah, like sometimes so, you've got to put trust in your in your in the chain of command, sort of. You know, in the chain of command, and and that is a really interesting thing because also often <laughs> uh, the orders you're given are shitty for shitty reasons, and so at what point do you refuse an order, mm. and how do you as a in an individual balance that? And yeah, that's a really interesting thing. I think that that a game like this could play with. I mean, that's good sci-fi, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> sci-fi is 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 about, you know, actual thing like, yeah, sorry, that's a terrible sentence there uh, <laughs> of how to say that. But sci-fi reflects the present in a way that, you know, makes it, that that's, sets it in a different light, but still lets you reflect. Exactly. It, All right, three, two, one, click. <laughs> no, do you want to go first? Or do you no, want me to? you've got to go first. Because right. you may actually say, what the fuck? <laughs> I wish mine was that fun. Discouraged Incidental. Seventh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Can seventh even be in there? I mean, I guess the seventh, the seventh, seventh. All right, we can play with that. Uh, I, I, I saw it come up. I'm like, no, nah, I've got to, I've got to kick this in because it's just going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. I like the seventh, seventh because this is some sort of like prophecy thing or some sort of like generational, you know, uh, position held. Mm-hmm. Like the Slayer or something. Ooh, yeah. So, yeah, mine was Discouraged Incidental. So, I'm, I'm sort of picturing Discouraged, some sort of parental figure or the last, like the sixth, seventh, um, discouraging who, who might be the seventh, seventh from mm-hmm. doing what they need to do to find that out or something, right? Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, um, 
you've been chosen to do something. You don't know this, and and like the person who's supposed to give you these, um, give you you know the keys to the to the kingdom sort of thing, decides to take it upon themselves to to keep that from you. Yeah, they decide you're not ready or something, uh, or maybe you do find out early. Maybe that's where incidental comes in. Maybe you aren't supposed to know uh, until you're. Well, here. <laughs> Seven, what's, uh, what's seven sevens? It's, um... Forty... Nine? Something. Fuck. Forty-nine? Yep. Okay. I was going to say something about, like, you don't find out till you're forty nine. You're not supposed to find out till your 49th birthday, but then that wouldn't make sense for, like, the sixth, seventh. Um, um hang on. <laughs> I was thinking 49 months, but that's still not... No, that's about five. That's about uh, four and a half or something. <laughs> it's like just after four. Um, yeah. No, or maybe it's seven. I mean, it could be either. Maybe it's like, I don't know, seven years past your something. Or I don't know. We can Because I feel like it's more. Okay, this is a teen who wasn't supposed to find out about this for like. 10 more years or something but is is thrown into this world of whatever it is so let's let's figure out what it is so we can build it around mm-hmm. that oh actually actually let's have a look at this uh, that doesn't quite work I was thinking like 49 seasons or something like that but that's only 12 right <laughs> but again it would so because then does that mean the first seventh would have, would have found out after yeah. sevens, like, <laughs> yeah. So, no, let, let's, let's move away from that. That was just me trying to get some numerology. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, what- maybe we should figure out, like, where did this start? What did the first seventh do? And then what are they- what have they passed down for essentially seven- uh, six more generations now? So, is it a curse or is it a- is it a blessing? Good question, yeah. Uh- or, or is is the sixth or, seventh or a mixed, finding a mixed it uh, considering it to be a curse, but really it's it's what you make of mm. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That could be cool. So, so it can be kind of like that um, chosen one sort of thing. You know, into every generation, you know, there is one who will slay the the monsters or whatever. Yeah, well, I'm almost wondering: is it is it a bit more subtle than that? Is it something like they they have the ability to like read minds or to like do something where it's hmm. just being like just knowing more about the people around them? And so, yeah, like for the sixth, that was a burden to them. Like, but it's because they were actually kind of selfish, maybe. And so for um, the seven, maybe maybe they went to war and they got kind of jaded. Because of all the well, shit maybe they have fucking PTSD because yeah. they like yeah, as, they, as they, they were killing people, they they heard in their minds what this person was thinking about. How much would that? Yeah, fuck absolutely. You they up? they literally experienced themselves killing people from and the that, fear like, that comes from that. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. That that's that's a different. A, and, and and gives gives a humanizing reason as to why the sixth is trying to stop you from from using your your gift and and not training you in it like that like they're supposed to. Yeah. So which war are we talking? Just to get a age sort of range if we're setting it in present day. I kind of I kind of like the the idea of it. It was Vietnam because that was you know really yeah you know PTSD comes a lot from that. And yeah, for sure. Well, and just from a time situation, we're getting to the point where it could be the, you know, the Afghanistan wars or something like that, or Iraq, or yeah, of course, yeah. But uh, no, I think Vietnam's good because then we've got what a like seventy plus year old now, uh, probably. Mm-hmm. If they were kind of well, again, <laughs> well, maybe we say that they're supposed to find out about this when they're twenty. Mm-hmm. Or, or like, 
Yeah, because maybe there's some training involved or something. I don't think it's just something that happens. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's definitely- They've got the potential there and then they need to be trained by their predecessor. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, the it, it's been around around 20 or, or 18 or something uh, that, that that's happened in the past. And then, yeah, this guy's gone off to the Vietnam War and essentially for the- You know, obviously experienced some horrific shit mm-hmm. and for the last- 50 years, uh, 40, 50 years has been just suppressing their ability, essentially. Has not only been suppressing their ability, but actually thought the line was finishing with them. Because, as far as they knew, they didn't have a kid. And I think this comes into a thing of, like, their high school sweetheart that they- you know, spent one night, one last well, night with before they left for for war. Mm. Didn't tell them that that they had you know a kid together, and now it's I, either that or it's in the bloodline, and it's like it a, skips a, a niece or a nephew or something, uh, or or just uh yeah like it's I do like the idea of skipping a generation. <laughs> it's. They don't. They don't know. Like they don't necessarily know. I feel like, it, you know, in the past there have been times when it's, you know, the 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 twenty year old gets trained up and then has a kid and then you know there and then that kid has it and it's forty mm-hmm. like the forty year old training the twenty year old. But at other times it's like longer and it's not always a direct line of of descendancy. It's like, it's just the blood. It's 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 the bloodline essentially. Yeah. But yes, that perhaps this person didn't have kids. The sixth didn't have any kids, but had a sister who, you know, now at a similar age has children and grandchildren and great grandchildren, perhaps. Um, and it's one of them. Yeah. And the sixth recognizes that and is like, oh, fuck. Like, I thought I was nearly out of this. I thought I was down. Yeah, I thought I was out of it. I thought I was the last one. I wasn't going to have to train anyone. It ended with me. And because, as you said, they consider it a curse. Yeah. Ooh, I, I kind of like the idea that he's let it go too long. Like, if the training isn't complete by the 21st birthday, like, shit can really go down. Oh, okay. Maybe not a specific day, but more around. It's almost like a. A puberty sort of thing, yep. right, where it, it's a thing that develops. And, yes, if you don't start training that before it sort of reaches its full level of development, mm-hmm. then it can it can cause a lot of problems uh, if, if it's sort of not controllable. So- It can basically manifest in, in some really dangerous ways. Yeah. Yeah. And just cause a lot of trauma to the person who has it because they don't know what's going on and, it, you know, they can't they can't filter it. And so, they're just getting thoughts at them constantly, mm. you know. Uh, so, I like the idea that, yes, it's- He recognises this in in someone in his family. It's like, oh, shit. Like, not only ha- is it not end with me, but these are the telltale signs of someone who has this ability and has not been trained yep. well enough in it and has to step in. Okay. I like then the idea. I think the seventh is like a teenage girl mm-hmm. who. So maybe okay, he's question. like. Do you play the the sixth or do you play the seventh? Because I like the idea of playing the sixth. Maybe and having to actually. It depends on it depends on how we structure the game and end yep. the gameplay. Oh, because I'm I'm seeing that you'd end up. You know, going through some of the some of the stuff that the sixth actually went through in story mm. sort of thing. You know, like flashbacks, flashbacks, and actually playing through. You know, levels where you where you're seeing the stuff that's going on. I guess it depends on, on like, because it could also be quite powerful to be in the shoes of the seventh mm-hmm. as she starts experiencing this and not knowing, and then having that situation of like. The sixth coming, like your great or whatever, your grand uncle or whatever, um, great uncle or something coming to you and saying, and like, I know what's going on. Like, and sort of having that moment 
and and then and then the potential of the training and, and getting it I under control. Like the idea of of he he comes into a room and he says we have to have a talk, and she goes, "Oh no 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 my my mum and dad have already had this talk with me. I know where babies come from. I know you know how how the body works." I was like, "No no 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 no." <laughs> it's like no, no. You've well, got actually, a gift. no, actually, because what he says, <laughs> what he says actually is, we have to have a talk. No, and I don't mean the sex talk. Because he knows what she's thinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's just something about, like, the, the comedic sort of things that you could have happening there. And it's like, it's almost the first time that he's he's sort of meeting her and, hmm. you know, pulling her aside. And there's that sort of trust issue from from her. But I think she also has some sort of empathy, empathetic powers. That yeah, so here's what of- I was just thinking is- I'm, I'm picturing this as, as essentially a point-of-click adventure or a Heavy Rain-esque, you know, a, a very strong narrative dialogue-driven mm-hmm. sort of thing. Uh, I am picturing it probably in 3D, yeah. so the imagery is more Heavy Rain, you know, Detroit Become Human sort of thing. I like the idea that as you are having a discussion with someone, you you do start- Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the idea of starting with her, and as she has discussions, she has these- yeah, like these empath- empath- empathic thoughts and feelings where she sees whether it's an aura or she sees sort of emotions come off them in some way and you communicate that to the player. I kind of like the idea of as as you're having those conversations, you know, the background starts to get dimmer. So, mm, you just sort of see that's cool. this slow dimness start to come in and that actually amplifies the- um the colour of the aura around these people. And it's just well, actually, subtle I really like, and slow. I re- okay, you know what I just thought of? You know that scene in Ratatouille where he's describing the food? Yes. And it's got, like, the colours and the, like, sort of fireworky, just very abstract things going on in the background. I love the idea of you start talking to someone and as they're, you know, having a line of dialogue- yeah, the the background is dimmed and you're essentially seeing just these abstract shapes and colors that are very obvious, you know, that are that are communicating to you in a relatively obvious way the actual emotions attached. Um that would be a really fun artistic sort of thing to I mean, challenging to have that going, you know, on every uh, every conversation dialogue, but you know, worth it if you make it work. And then I think as as her powers grow, you start seeing imagery and even you know eventually actual lines of like inner monologue and different things uh and that starts sort of growing in power um so i suppose the question is is there some sort of government agency who are looking for people who have these gifts as well and it's sort of like the great uncle is is trying to train her so that she doesn't like explode out and not not a government. I feel like we do the government thing too much. Religious thing. <laughs> Aliens. No, I think- Dentists. <laughs> I think just- Yes, dentists. There's a sect of dentists. No, no, I think there is a- Kind of like the Templars or something, right? Like, so, sort of like a- uh, An ancient- It's- Yeah, like- Well, a- as ancient as it needs to have been for the- Because, I mean, what's seven- Seven generations is probably what a couple hundred yep. years, maybe, um, depending on the on the you know the lengths between this this ability showing up. Uh, so yeah, going back to the start of the nineteenth century, yes, someone back then, you know, in eighteen twenty seven or whatever, like discovered or or had uh, suspicions about the first, essentially the first seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And, and and the reason why they're called seventh is because it's the seventh sense. Like, <laughs> there's actually six senses. Yeah. <laughs> and- No, well, the sixth sense is being able to see dead people. They don't have that one. No. Some people do. They've got the seventh sense, which is being able to- <laughs> They've got the seventh sense. Which is empathy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think, I think to full-on mind read, I think it full-on gets to yep. the point of you can literally, like, see into their heads. But that's when it's trained up and- and that's when Inception starts. <laughs> well, no, I'm always picturing this as like an origin story for a, 
you know, a, a, a bit of a, not a thought, like, not like superhero, but almost a bit like Unbreakable or something where it's sort of that more down to earth superhero. Do you know what I mean? Um, where at the end she's like, oh, all right, now I can, like, I think you experience her first, like, time when she really helps someone with this gift, with this power. Mm-hmm. And sort of goes, oh, this is what I need to do with my life, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think going back to where this particular bit started, I think you play her. Yes. I think you play the seventh. <laughs> with with flashbacks <laughs> as as she starts getting better, like, I think- Well, that's it. She can- Yeah, because he- she can start reading his mind, right? She starts getting- But she also gets to stuff, play, so. like, you the character- you the Those player scenes. gets to play the scene. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um- that makes sense. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I think that's a really fun story and world to to explore and play with. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Get on it, someone. Because <laughs> that needs a big budget. <laughs> uh, let's go into a movie. Yeah, let's go into a movie. <clears throat> so... For those who haven't seen or heard, uh, this is a game where we get a random movie selection. We'll each get one uh, and we'll either just use the title as a prompt or the whole plot of the movie if we sort of know the movie and it it fits well enough. And uh, we'll see how that goes. And I'm looking at Trevor, who is trying very hard not to laugh. He's obviously got something amusing. So, Trevor, tell me what movie you have. Jurassic Galaxy. (laughs) okay well we're obviously doing that but just for completeness i have winner date with tad hamilton from 2004 Mm -hmm. uh which like i think there's as a prompt there could be something cool but jurassic galaxy (laughs) fucking dinosaurs in space come on that's amazing So, just so we know, okay, when was this movie and what is this? Twenty eighteen. So obviously they took. It was one of these. Okay. Like, um, the the fake blockbuster thing. I can't remember what what people call them. Blockbusters, uh, like the kind of scary scary movie sort of style. Oh no! This, this this is one of those sort of the asylum. You know, they bring out the Avengers and then they bring out like a, a separate movie that sounds like the Avengers, but it's. Like oh, I it's see. One of the, it's like a it's a knockoff essentially. It's a knockoff of Jurassic oh, World. To- they just called it Jurassic Galaxy instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so in the near near future, a ship of space explorers crash land on an unknown planet. They're soon met with their worst fears as they discover the planet is inhabited by monstrous dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, that's fun. I like. I more like the idea of dinosaurs actually piloting spacecraft. Yeah. They didn't die in a massive ice age after all. Jurassic Galaxy. (laughs) (laughs) The meteor wiped them all out, except for one ship. Like, they escaped on a- They had an escape ship. They were more technologically advanced than we knew. Mm -hmm. Love it. Either that, or th- either that, or like aliens saved some of them in a Noah's Ark style situation. They just sent them to uh, the Stargate. Their- you know that, and this is their descendants. It's <laughs> <laughs> <So> one option. <laughs> Chevron. We could, we could have a. <laughs> this is a Stargate uh, property. Stargate spinoff. <laughs> All right, so let's talk. Let's talk evolved dinosaurs. Um, I mean, we have them to a degree. They're called birds, but mm-hmm. we're talking about big brain. Uh, are we sticking? Are we sticking with yeah, big brain dinosaurs? Are we sticking with reptilian, like the classic? I think you so. Know, potentially n- now inaccurate view of reptilian style dinosaurs. Yep. All right. I- I'm literally seeing a huge Tyrannosaurus here, so I kind of like the idea that. Um, oh, I. I- that Noah's Ark thing brings me to the idea that- 2.3 out of 10. <laughs> um, the, the idea of yep. of having, like, a super smart dinosaur that sort of became, you know, humanoid and, and that sort of stuff. They, you know, took a whole heap of the dinosaur- A whole heap of dinosaurs off the planet in a massive arc. 
Yeah. And and effectively they've they've got all these pets that are just dinosaurs and they've continued to evolve, but the the dinosaurs have kept, you know, very similar to what they already were. The rest of them. But they've gone okay. amok. They've, so they, they've run amok. Are they are they intelligent or no? Um I think you've got the humanoid dinosaurs that are very intelligent, but you've got the um Right, okay. The normal ones they just got two smaller brains, so they're just like normal animals. Right, so they're domesticated, or they are semi-domesticated. Semi-domesticated. Essentially. Um, occasionally you get some doing the, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last line in the movie, is a dinosaur. One of the sentient dinosaurs, after all this is, all this shit has gone down, and someone, and they're like debriefing, and it's like, oh, they're like, that must have been the worst thing ever. And he just looks at the camera like, it's, it's a living. A living. <laughs> I say looks at the camera, but we're making a video game. Looks uh, at I mean, the virtual camera games, but- in Cinema Machine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what? how do humans come across this? Well, or do they? Ooh. Do, are we bringing humans into this? Ooh, uh, what what I like is these these um, dinosaurs that left the planet. They decide to come back to try and reclaim reclaim Earth. They're thinking that you know, oh, okay, it's everything, an invasion every, story. Well, everything yeah. may, may have actually warmed back up after after the massive ice age that they um that they were predicting. Mm-hmm. They couldn't find another place to actually live, so they decide to come back. So they've just been all over the galaxy, drifting, or like not drifting, but like, yeah, they, they, they've essentially had this caravan of ships. It's one of these sort of situations. They've got this fleet of ships, with, and now what's left of the original uh, Dinosaurus uh, Sentiatus, <laughs> um, Dino Sapiens, uh, is fuck yeah, Dino Sapiens is coming back to Earth. It's coming back to Earth, and they're just like, it's it's been long enough. It's however many millions of generations, and uh, we're coming home. Yep. Mama, I'm coming home. I don't know if that's a song. Uh, Fuck, I love Ozzy. <laughs> Mama, is that what that was? Home. Yep. Maybe that's what I was thinking of, but. I couldn't quite get, I couldn't quite remember the actual like um tune so I guess it was close enough that you got it. Yep. All right. Uh okay, I like that. So it's essentially an invasion story. So now, are the humanoid ones as large as the others though? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking that they I'm thinking that they're like 12 feet tall sort of thing. So they're they're okay. like double our size. They're yeah. they're quite big yeah. and you know, sort of look down on us and sort of go, yes, fleshy. <laughs> ah, I see the mammals have taken over the planet. I see the mammals have gained sentience. Not much from the looks of it. <laughs> what you Not have, much you from that even- hairstyle. <laughs> well, they go, yeah, we, are, we only gathered technology like this after what? A thousand years? How long have you been alive for? <laughs> like, how long's your civilization been going for? Ugh. You guys <laughs> suck. <laughs> You're still wearing clothes. You haven't evolved past clothes. How crude. <laughs> you cover your genitals <laughs> if you're ashamed. We- <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, this is not something we usually do, but we have been doing this improv course, so let's do a scene. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of we've sort of set it up a little bit, but uh, you're uh, you're the dinosaur, you're the sentient dinosaur leader, and I'm the president, not the not the Trump <laughs> president, just like the president the, of the, Earth, the, the president of Earth, and uh, we're meeting for the first time. Okay. Oh my god, it's opening! It's opening! What's that? Can you. Is that. A Tyrannosaurus Rex? What's going on? Fido, down. Oh, hello there. Uh, 
Oh, hello? Uh, this, this is my I mean, pet Fido. He, he's very harmless. He, he's okay. Um, so, oh, I, I, I am the president of Earth. Oh, so you're, you're the leader of the mammals. I, I guess, well, of the humans. That's humans. species. Hmm. Interesting. We just called you... Squishy. We do squish. Ah, I see that you have a bit of a civilization around here. I mean, we we like it. Uh, look, I as a rep- representative of our species, I need to know your intentions. Why are you here? We, you are the first. We have come back to Earth to reclaim come- our rightful homeland. Uh, so we'd like it if oh. we could if we could get our homeland back. We see that things have broken up a bit since we were last here. Uh, it was one one big continent when we were last here, and now there seems to be. Yes, five. that wasn't our fault. Uh, that was before our time, so you can't blame us oh, for that. No, I'm no. sorry. No, the the plates shift and like it it moves. Yes, we we yes, we know how my science advisors tell me. Okay. Good. Um, so it, it uh, looks as though the the meteor didn't actually um didn't actually destroy the entire planet. So that's good. That's good. So um so we'll just take back control of the planet, and you can just go back to your hovels or wherever you wherever you were. Well, uh, so we have populated the almost every livable space oh. and consumed most resources. Uh, oh. Do you not do you so not have replicating technology? We... How how no? Early? Is that something you could give us? Oh no. Um. So let me dumb this down for you, so that you understand. We fly here. This is our our original planet. We take it. You go back to hovels. But we are the ones who take things. We have a proud history. We were here first. Of taking land that does not belong to we us. We were here first. I remember the last thing that I- that I remember Historically, the, that has not mattered. Well, the, the last thing that we did before we left is create a grand split that basically gave, gave like a-, a a sort of arrow. There was like a, a grand sort of canyony sort of thing that we created that basically pointed to where we're going to land, which, as you see, it's pointing to right here. So that's oh how. Oh my god, the conspiracy theorists were right. So. It is an arrow. We're going to take control and you're going to go on your merry business and we- we'll just. We'll just repopulate the world like, like we we were always going to do. Okay. As president of Earth, I actually can't let you do that. So I'm going to end this cutscene, oh. and we're now in a first-person shooter. Fido, you can you can take a bite of him. Pass me my rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the opening cutscene of our first-person shooter called uh, Jurassic Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, th- I thought there was some interesting stuff there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I f- that's fun. I, I like that idea. Uh, the sentient, the sentient dinosaurs is an interesting thing uh, to jump. Did on. you like my voice choice there? <laughs> sure. <laughs> a little bit different to to I, what you were expecting, but I mean, a, a, a sentient dinosaur with millions of years of. Uh, of evolution behind them, what else would they sound like? <laughs> okay, I reckon we do one more movie. Let's do one more in case. And l- unless I you want to do Tad Hamilton. That whole thing. Win a date. <laughs> Win a date with Tad Hamilton. Nah, let's just let's click again. Let's get a new movie. Okay, I got Fighting with My Family. Okay. It seems to be a wrestling. Movie from 2019. Mm-hmm. 
I've got the Lost Boys. Oh, the vampire one. The vampire one. Kiefer Sutherland. Yes. Okay. I do kind of like the idea of, of like, a Lost Boys adaptation. Hmm. They're sticking with the, va- like, with the vampire. Yeah. Like, the actual story, not just yeah, the and, title. Yeah, and, and sort of sort of playing as, as one of the- one of the main characters, which is either the mother or the two teenage sons who, who start to notice, maybe it's the mother and she notices that one of her, one of her sons is, has gone missing. And so she starts I, investigating. Um, I don't fully remember the plot. So her sons turn into vampires. Is that what happens? Um, Oh, it says here, a couple of teenage friends take it upon themselves to hunt down the vampires that they suspect of a few mysterious murders and restore peace and calm to their town. Okay, so they're vampire hunters. Well, they take it upon themselves, so... Well, yeah, but to become vampire hunters, essentially. Um, You can always bring the mother... Right, they fill fill water guns with holy water. Okay, gotcha. I haven't seen it for so long. (laughs) No, I mean... I like the idea of... The mum, <laughs> from her perspective, the mother of these kids who are deciding to fight the vampires in their town. I guess that's what's the gameplay at that point of view. Is it like the dinner table conversations each night? <laughs> <laughs> she's she's like, um, hel- uh, go- she goes into their room just to, to check out some stuff and she sees like a super soaker on the bed and- like then she sees like the ho- the holy bible next to it and, and like a note as, as like a little um as like a little bookmark that actually says how to make holy water and it's like what <laughs> how to bless how to bless water yeah <laughs> i mean I, I could see kind of a almost a gone home ish sort of vibe where it's around environmental storytelling like that so you play the mum and she's like okay your task is clean your son's bedroom <laughs> And yeah, you come across like the stash of wooden stakes that they've been working. It's like, what are all these wood shavings under the bed? <laughs> They're just been whittling at night. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what I've been hearing at night. Oh, I'm so glad that it wasn't oh. masturbating. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you were just jerking it. <laughs> Instead, you were whittling stakes. Oh, makes me feel so much better. <laughs> I remember when I was a lass in my room whittling stakes. Killing. It turns out she was just a vampire oh, yeah. hunter as well. And yeah. <laughs> she goes, "Why didn't you come to me? I'm a vampire hunter from way back." <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, no, no, it's sorry, we're not actually hunting vampires. It's like a sex thing. It's just what we call it." <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm somewhat remembering like. Back when I was I was younger, my sister had this um, had this book series. Uh, it was basically three books in one. That there, mm-hmm. there was basically some vampires that had taken over the school, and mm-hmm. like this, they weren't typical vampires in the in the way that like they could actually be be out in the sun, but it depended on how much blood they'd actually drank and all this sort of stuff. And mm-hmm. and one of these one of these characters actually gets turned into a oh the, the lead character actually gets turned into a vampire at like the end of the first book. But then she's she's sort of having to deal with these urges and all this sort of stuff. And I'm like, that could actually be kind of fun to play down this this path of, you know, unknowing not knowing what's actually going on and having to having to deal with it and having almost a story of Effectively, like you know, a puberty of of some sorts. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, it's it's essentially a puberty me- metaphor. Uh, are you saying you still play from the point of view of the mother, though? And now it's like having the talk with your kids, except it's about becoming a vampire, <laughs> <laughs> or like dis- discovering they're becoming a vampire or um, something. Either that, or we or can, we can leave your- that story that we just talked about, and we can we can go down this yeah. path on on like something else, like very similar. Yeah. I remember that, you know, it happened to be the, the next door neighbour in this case that was actually, uh, happened to also be the, like the coach at, at the school, like the swimming coach or something like but that. They were, and they were they a vampire. Were, they happened to be a vampire. But there's, as you go through the game, you can actually have kind of like what happened in this, which is almost sort of what happened in Twilight as well, where you also have like this, uh, the overarching 
like legion of vampires that that are trying to keep you know everything hush hush on that so anyone who mm. gets turned into a vampire who hasn't been selected sort of they want to wipe them out so that they don't people uh, okay. don't find yeah, out yeah, about yeah. them and all this sort of stuff right so you've essentially got sort of the two factions of of vampires you kind of got the essentially the vampire supremacists <laughs> who want to keep the bloodline clean uh, and then you've got sort of the more pr- progressive vampires who, you know, it doesn't matter how you were turned, yep. uh, essentially. Um, okay, yeah, I, I like that. And then and then the main character is, you know, essentially one of these impure, uh, according to the supremacist vampires, and it's dealing with, you know, finding allies and dealing with both high school and- Dealing with high vampire school racism. and vampire tendencies and, you know, where do you get the blood from? And then you've got, you know, the mysterious stranger that comes to town that you can sort of see an aura around and you, you sort of go, oh, I've, I've never seen, you know, a gold aura around someone or, or something like that. Mm. And it's like you happen to find, like, another vampire I and mean, this is the first time you're seeing them and they could turn out to be, you know, quite an evil character as well. And you start wondering- you know, are all vampires evil and why am I not evil? Like- Yeah, well, I think you'd have to find someone- I think you'd have to find someone else who knows what's going on yeah. and is on your side to sort of start explaining things. It could be kind of cool um, if, you know, you, you actually came out to your to your mum and basically it mm, could always be like a-, a Another a sexuality sort of thing as well, Sexuality yeah. and that sort of stuff, like- For sure. There's just something about, you know, most parents are, are going to be accepting of their of their child, whatever whatever's mm. happening in their life. Mm. Mm. I say most. Well, I like that, and I like I like uh, juxtaposing that against maybe you do find someone else in your high school who is also a vampire. Yep. You know, it's the shy goth kid or whatever, uh, but their parents like didn't take you know you, you've got that experience there where their parents didn't take it well yep. and essentially they've actually been you know they've been kicked out and living on the streets and i'm seeing it almost as if um it, do you remember the um the old video game the adventures of willie beamish where it was sort of over yeah. a week where you had sort of like stuff happening at school during the week and it's sort of basically over the first week of of her vampire life and all the different things yeah. that that are sort of going on, you can whether you, whether you do it as a as a week or whether you do it as like the first month of of having been yeah. turned and having to deal with like where do you get food from now and can you? Yeah, I like bringing that in slowly and, and kind of day by day. Yeah, you know, one day you find yeah, like oh, I can eat rodents or whatever, and then the next day it's like oh, you know, you find this other vampire and they. You know, they've got a different situation and together you, you know, find new ways to get blood and- Yeah. And- That's cool. Yeah. So, essentially, I think it's probably a bit of a point and click then. Oh, yeah. Like, or, uh, you know, third person adventure-y, like, like a Life is Strange sort of situation. Yeah. And and just exploring that, you know, the vampire changes from, from, like- Inside someone who's actually, you know, well, and at school, like, I like the idea of sort of hearing her in a monologue as she's like sitting in class and and starts, you know, feeling these feelings about the people around her, <laughs> uh, meaning she really wants to like bite that guy's neck. <laughs> um, so so wh- whether it's like she's coming home from coming home one night and she gets bitten and we just decide to do it as she gets bitten by by like a a vampire and that's all that it needs to be she doesn't i mean or we we can move away almost entirely from the traditional vampire lore and it's like it's uh a disease that's spread by like a mosquito or something right or like a or an actual bat or a you know it doesn't necessarily have to yeah. be another person who has specifically done that because that kind of brings a whole other predatory yeah. thing into it and we want to stay away whereas from i that. think yeah i think treating it more as okay this is something that's happening and her dealing with it rather than the bringing in yeah those sort of 
yeah, predatory aspects. But then, of but then having done, done this to me, that, that potential of of you know, you kind of a bit worried about like the um the coach, you know, seems to, seems to seems to bring people into into their um into their office and you know mm. there's some weird shit going on there and you can go down that well what it could be it, it could be more that it's like it's a bloodborne disease yes and so ooh do you get yeah, a transfusion like, or something maybe she gets and yeah, it's through a transfusion that yep. yeah you get like like contaminated blood because they can't detect it like medical technology hasn't detected it or whatever but then you can you can still if we want go into the sort of uh darker side of things of like oh if someone wants to be a vampire like they're purposefully you know sharing blood or whatever like you yeah. know doing things to, to to infect each other um and i mean then you've got sort of metaphors around hiv and yeah. stuff there too i guess uh but i i think i think it really it really shows what what some teenagers have to go through and and you get to choose you know with- well, I mean, especially if you make if you make it sexually transmitted as well, yeah. <laughs> then uh, then you've really got some interesting stuff to play with. Yeah, I can't have sex with you because I don't want to make you into a vampire. Do you have a condom? No. no then, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, I think that's there's some cool stuff you can do with that. Yeah. But on that note <laughs> of asking for prophylactics. I think we'll end the episode. No, I'm actually asking you, do you have a condom to wear out? <laughs> oh. To wear out? No, like outside? We, we are out. <laughs> you, I, you only have to wear a mask, Trevor. You don't have to. Oh, I've been wearing That's like what a they full say body condom. Like- <laughs> <laughs> if you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com. Podchaser.com. Podchaser.com slash bitstorm. Leave us a review. We would love it if you did that. Um, and all of, all of our past episodes there. And uh, go check them out. We are also part of the 8-Bit Collective. This is a group of podcasters uh, who do stuff around pop culture and video games and any number of other things. So go to 8bit.net and definitely take a look at some of those other fantastic shows. Hmm. We'd like it if you could check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Just look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AGP Network on Twitter for all your Australasian gaming podcast needs. And finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the use of the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. So where are we on the um on the whole we're going to take control of the planet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sick em, Fido. <laughs>